You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about trade deadline season, the promise of drama, excitement, rumors galore, a Twitter fest of opinions, and blockbusters like we got yesterday. A trade has been announced and finalized between the Dallas Mavericks and the New York Knicks, sending Kristaps Porzingis to Dallas. What does that have to do with the Sacramento Kings? Well, we're going to tie in a little bit. Also, we'll talk about the Kings and the 76ers who go to battle tomorrow night inside the Golden One Center. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked on Kings podcast. This is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings and general NBA coverage on the Locked on Podcast Network. If you're looking for Kings coverage that includes in-depth analysis and breakdowns of games, uh, daily information and updates, player audio, interviews with all the local and national National experts, opinion galores, both from myself and from you fellow Kings fans. This is the place for you. My name is Matt George, and I have the absolute pleasure of being your host here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. It's been buzzing on our radio airwaves for the last 24 hours or so, and it's going to continue to buzz based off of the fallout from this Kristaps Porzingis trade. Now we're hearing rumors that a trade could be going down between the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies to send Mike Conley to Utah. We're hearing rumors, and we've heard plenty of rumors already of Anthony Davis. Is he headed to Boston? Is he not headed to Boston? Is he headed to L.A.? Is he not headed to L.A.? Who is offering the best packages? Who are the serious players? We've heard the trade are the Kings involved in multiple trade conversations, including a, a more recent trade between the Kings and the Washington Wizards, suggesting Bogdan Bogdanovich being traded uh, to Washington for Otto Porter. Also, the teams would be partaking in a couple of uh, pick swaps where the Kings would be on the worst end of that. Now, that's just a very out-of-left-field rumor. I'm bringing that up just nonchalantly here because we're not going to go into too big of detail because it was more just general conversation rumor, not actually uh, ironclad. We haven't heard Woj talking about this. We haven't heard anything from the Kings to suggest that this is a, a serious consideration. I'm just throwing it out there. The point is we're in crazy loony circus season, and I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And the bomb dropped yesterday, the first Woj bomb of maybe many to come, as we're in a very unique uh, trade season right now. Because remember, I actually had... um, uh Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee on uh, a couple podcasts ago, a couple episodes ago, and he and I were talking about how the Kings could be affected by this trade deadline and the fact that the Kings have a boatload of cap space and how that is uh, a a power position to be in normally at the trade deadline. However, Jason brought up that this is a very interesting trade deadline because there are a lot more buyers in this trade deadline, and not just the Western Conference, but also the Eastern Conference than normal because a lot of teams are legitimately and realistically in contention uh, for making the playoffs in both conferences. It's a very strange situation. It's probably going to have an effect to where things are going to go down and and, and things are going to happen a little bit differently uh, than normal. But the one thing that we can promise or we have been guaranteed is the fact that there will be drama and there will be excitement from all of that. And this bomb dropped yesterday that the Dallas Mavericks have acquired Kristaps Porzingis and a bunch of players and their salary in order to give the New York Knicks the money that they need to try and be aggressive, 
during free agency this next summer. Now, New York also got a couple decent pieces in return, mostly expiring contracts, and they also got a couple of first-round draft picks. So I'm going to share with you this full deal right now, and then I'll talk about, share my opinions on it, who won the trade, who didn't win the trade, and then the, the King's angle and the King's perspective of all of this. So the Dallas Mavericks get the main piece, the main prize of the trade itself, and they get Kristaps Porzingis. They also get Trey Burke, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway Jr. So that's what Dallas gets. They are sending to New York Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, who is on an expiring contract, DeAndre Jordan, who's on an expiring contract, and two future first-round picks, one unprotected and one protected. Now, an important aspect of this entire trade is actually those draft picks when you're analyzing how much value the New York Knicks got. Now, with these draft picks, the New York Knicks in the future are going to be pretty well set up in terms of draft equity. The reason why that is is because getting two first-round picks is fantastic, but they don't know necessarily what to first-round picks those are going to be, what years and what drafts they are going to be for. That's because by rules of the uh, the CBA and in the NBA, you are not allowed to trade uh, your draft pick, your first-round draft pick, in back-to-back seasons. So what does that mean? Well, the Dallas Mavericks on draft day this, or in 2018, acquired Luka Doncic in a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. And part of that trade was they sent what I didn't know was actually a top five protected first round pick to uh, Atlanta. So what that means is unless the Dallas Mavericks fall into the top five via tanking or or draft lottery uh, luck, they will give their 2019 first round pick to the Hawks, which then means that the next two available draft picks to be traded that will be traded to the New York Knicks, our Knicks would be 2021 and 2023. Now, here's a little fun conspiracy theory for you that I actually tweeted out this morning when I found out that this pick was top five protected. I really didn't know that, and shame on me for not doing more research there because I, I had no idea. I thought it was an unprotected pick. If the Dallas Mavericks somehow tanked their way or lucked their way into getting a top five pick in this draft, the 2020 draft pick, which would be unprotected, would then go to the Atlanta Hawks, which means that the 2022 and 2024 first rounders would go to New York. So the Knicks are hoping, obviously, that the Dallas Mavericks don't manage to work their way into the top five so that they'll get a 2021 and the 2023 draft pick. So let's talk about Dallas's perspective on this whole thing. First and foremost, you get Kristaps Porzingis. Now, Kristaps Porzingis hasn't played all season. He hasn't played since February 8th of 2018, so almost a year he hasn't played uh, because he had season-ending ACL surgery uh, that has taken him throughout this entire season. He hasn't played a second. Now, We've heard mixed rumors of of how far he is in his rehab and and how close he is to coming back. We heard rumors that he wasn't running, but he released videos on his Instagram of him sprinting at at or at a on a track and and just rehabbing himself. So I think Kristaps Porzingis is a little closer to returning than people understand. Now I don't have any inside information on that. I'm just going based off of how much time he's had off already, how hard of a worker he is, and and just the the rumors and the videos that we've seen going around. Now that being said, Kristaps Porzingis is not expected to play at all this season. 
So essentially what this move is, and, and, and we talked about this, the Dallas Mavericks had a decision to make, right? We have Luka Doncic, and we're playing really well, or, or we are very happy with Luka Doncic for our future, but this team is not playing well enough for the pieces that we have. So we recognize where we're at in terms of the Western Conference standings. The likelihood of the Dallas Mavericks making the playoffs was significantly low and was diminishing seemingly by the game so they had to make a decision and in this case they they're gambling they're taking a risk but I think ultimately they're making the right decision in kind of punting this season away uh, in order to acquire a very very good player in Kristaps Porzingis now we won't know how good Porzingis is until he comes back based off of modern medicine how much time he's had off to rehab I would expect him to be okay he's not going to be the main piece in Dallas we know Luka Doncic has that title locked down for many years to come as long as he stays there in the Mavericks organization but Kristaps Porzingis is a hell of a complimentary piece and we forget because it's been so long how damn good Porzingis is on both ends of the floor so so if this works out, if Kristaps Porzingis returns and is, let's say, 80 to 90% of his former self or 100% of his former self, the Dallas Mavericks are going to have won this trade and blown the Knicks sky high out of the water. Now, this also opens up an interesting element to this whole situation, which is tanking, right? It's very difficult to imagine the Dallas Mavericks are going to be able to successfully tank with Luka Doncic on their roster and in their lineup. They're going to want Luka Doncic to play for the remainder of the season because he's on a a Rookie of the Year run. Uh, There's no way they're going to get away with benching him or limiting his minutes for the sake of trying to lose as many games as possible. So really, their only hope is to either continue to lose games even with Luka Doncic putting up great numbers, and maybe they helped with that by trading away two starters um, for, I mean... Courtney Lee, Hardaway Jr. I, I like Tim Hardaway Jr., don't get me wrong. Courtney Lee is a decent player. Trey Burke, a backup point guard, decent player. But, I mean, they lost their 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 best, their best second-best player and their, their starting center uh, in DeAndre Jordan, and I just don't have very high expectations for them for the remainder of this uh, this season. So maybe that works out. Maybe they roll this lineup out there. Luka Doncic continues to, to put up big numbers and, and wow crowds, uh, but they continue to lose, and they fun- somehow find their way into a serious hunt for the uh, for a top five pick. Now, currently, the way it stands, they are twelfth in the Western Conference at twenty three and twenty eight uh, in the uh, in the standings. They are they are ahead of three teams in the West record wise and win percentage wise, forty five percent, and they're ahead of holy moly, they are ahead of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the East. So that's seven teams. That's ten teams that are ahead of them in the uh, or behind them rather in the standings right now so they are ahead of them in the race for a better draft pick. So as of right now Dallas's pick is looking to be a lottery pick but not in the top 10. Now if losses pile up, things change, they go into full tank mode, maybe they put themselves in the 8th or 9th spot and hope what happened to the Kings last year uh, happens to them and they, and they fall into the top 5. And if that happens, holy smokes, look out. If the the Mavericks are able to get Luka Doncic Kristaps uh, Porzingis and a top five pick from this draft class, this 2019 uh, draft class. It's going to be a scary, scary situation for the Western Conference, and, and Dallas could be looking good. But they're already looking good with the fact that they have acquired Kristaps, uh, and uh, and they already have Luca. Now, the Knicks situation is is interesting. 
because the Knicks winning this trade completely relies on what they do with these two picks and what they do immediately this summer. Dennis Smith Jr. is a nice piece. They've been looking for a point guard for a while, so that's mainly the most keepable piece that they're getting in return. It's highly expected that Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan will not be sticking and remaining with the club. Both of them will most likely be uh, be following this season, uh, have their contracts expire, and then will go and sign with, with different teams. And, and clearly the New York Knicks are okay with that because they are in the hunt for a Kevin Durant and a hunt for a Kyrie Irving and a hunt for a uh, Kawhi Leonard. They are planning on making a big splash in free agency this summer. Scott Perry and that New York Knicks team are, are confident that they're going to be able to use their money and the appeal of New York City and Madison Square Garden to attract a big name to come. Now, this is a massive risk to be run because Kristaps Porzingis, before he got hurt, looked like a franchise-changing and altering player. Uh, really the best thing that Phil Jackson ever did in his time as the president of basketball operations there uh, in New York. So... It's definitely a gamble. I like Scott Perry a lot. I trust Scott Perry's basketball IQ and decision-making, but he's rolling the dice on this one here, and this could potentially cost him his job if things do not work out. So it'll be be really fun to keep an eye on the New York Knicks and what they're able to do with all their money that they've just freed up this summer. So what do you think of this trade? I know it's not Kings-related, but let me know at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter. You can also email me, mgeorgeatsacklocalmedia.com when we... After we take this quick break, really quick, I'll come back and we'll talk about the the Kings perspective of all of this, because naturally, anytime a trade goes down that's not Kings-related, many in Kingsland and on social media are upset that the Kings weren't involved. We'll discuss all of that next. So the Sacramento Kings are in a unique situation. They're buyers. They have massive amounts of cap space currently. No other team has that, and they are in need of specific things, either a draft pick for this year's draft, a small forward that'll help them try and make a playoff push right now, or a rebounding center. That's that's essentially what they're looking for. Also a backup point guard, you, you could say. Now, I know a lot of Kings fans are getting a little trigger happy. They're, they're, they're so desperate for the Kings to make a move that they're willing to have it be any move at this point. And this is one of the things we talked about with Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee. I asked Dave Deuce Mason about it. I've talked to a lot of people about this, and I've, I've shared with you my thoughts already on how important it is for Vlade and this Kings team to stick with the initial plan, which was, after the DeMarcus Cousins trade, biggest, uh, building a core that could grow, develop, and play together and be competing for multiple championships for years to come. Trading away half of that core, if not more than half of that core, for a very talented but injured big man is not the smart way to go for this Kings team. The immediate reaction that I saw from from Sacramento Twitter, now I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying some, in, in, in the Kings Twitter land was the Kings could have offered so much better of a trade package and take uh, taken on those expiring contracts uh, from the, or given them expiring contracts and taken on some of those big contracts from New York and the Kings could have gotten Kristaps Porzingis. And then I started seeing these proposals come in. 
Well, Buddy Heald is equal, if not better, than Dennis Smith Jr., so there's that. And then Zach Randolph and and Ben McLemore will, can go to New York. Those contracts are done at the end of the season, and the Knicks get Buddy Heald, and now they're looking to spend money this summer. Why wouldn't that work? Draft pick situation. It all has to do with draft pick situation, but even then, that does not matter because if I'm the Kings, seeing what Buddy Heald is doing right now, and I'm fully aware of how talented Kristaps Porzingis is, I am not willing to part with Buddy Heald for a player that is not going to take the floor at all this season, that there's no guarantee if he's going to be as good or even good at all coming back from this massive ACL injury and ACL surgery that he had. And on anyway, that trade that I just threw out there, that it wouldn't have done it. The Knicks would have needed another piece. The Knicks would have needed probably a bogey or a Bagley, or a Giles to sweeten that pot. Now, are the Kings, do you think the Kings are willing to part right now with Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich, or Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, or Buddy Heald and Harry Giles in order to get an injured Kristaps Porzingis that will not play for the remainder of the season? No, because it doesn't make sense, because it's a quick fix band-aid over a healed wound essentially. The wound of the Kings losing DeMarcus Cousins and losing with DeMarcus Cousins is almost healed because they have a young Kings core right now that has beaten Vegas. They just won their 26th game of the season. They're on pace to win over 40 games for the first time in God knows how long. They're going to win more games this season than they ever won with DeMarcus, and they have money either right now or this summer to add to that without losing any of it. So why wouldn't you want to risk adding to that without losing any of it? Why wouldn't you want to gamble with house money instead of gambling with your money on a potentially damaged good? Now, I'm rooting for Kristaps Porzingis very hard because I like Kristaps Porzingis as a player. I really, 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 really like the idea of Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic playing together in Dallas. If it works, I seriously believe that Dallas will be a a massive, scary threat and a future championship contender in the West. And who knows, maybe we'll see some fun Kings versus Mavericks Western Conference Finals featuring De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley versus Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Maybe it's wishful thinking, I don't know. Who knows, maybe we'll get to that. I like what Dallas did. I think it's a gamble that they can afford to take. Whereas the Kings, yeah, I guess they can afford it, but like I said, why would you want to risk that much when you don't have to? Vlade Divac is in a very potentially ludicrous and lucrative situation here where he can use this cap space, this trade deadline, to bring in and acquire a player that can help the Kings today and also for years to come. But if he doesn't, all that is lost is opportunity. And we don't know how much opportunity really is there. I've heard many say and seen some say that Vlade and the Kings not making a move at this trade deadline is a is a fireable offense because of the fact that they have uh, these assets and this money uh, to spend. And, and, and I know many have pointed to, well, this team did this in order to acquire a draft pick. The Atlanta Hooks, uh, Atlanta Hooks, Atlanta Hawks took on Carmelo Anthony, 
bought him out in order to get a draft pick uh, from the Houston Rockets. So I know there are scenarios out there that many fans and, and, and media members and analysts would have preferred the Kings to do over sitting on their hands. But it takes two to tango in the trade market. I'm not making excuses for Vlade. I want to see the Kings take advantage of the cap space right now too. But that requires the ability or another team to take advantage of, if that makes sense, right? Vlade cannot pick up the phone and call the, let's say, the Portland Trailblazers and get a draft pick from them with his, and, and take on a bad contract just because he wants to. He cannot call the Lakers and the New Orleans Pelicans and say, I'll be the third team uh, to make your deal work. We'll be the third team if you give us this draft pick, this draft pick, or this player and this draft pick. He can't force them to do it. All he can do is put himself in those situations. And I believe Vlade, he's stubborn and smart enough to not make a deal instead of making the wrong deal or a not ideal deal, if that makes sense. He would rather not do anything than make a move for the sake of making a move that he's not 100% certain will help the team today and help the team tomorrow and for years to come. I don't think the Kings are getting away from this trade deadline without something something happening. I think something's going to happen. I'm 100% okay with the Kings not being involved uh, in the Portland or sorry, in the Kristaps Porzingis uh, sweepstakes whatsoever. I'm okay with the Kings not being involved in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes unless they are part of a, a three-team deal and they're that third team to, to help get a deal done, but I'm okay with them not throwing their hat into the ring to try and acquire Anthony Davis and, and give up a majority of their assets, their young pieces, in order to do so. This isn't NBA 2K. This isn't the trade finder or the ESPN trade machine that just shows you, oh, these salaries are balanced and and this guy has a three-star rating and so does this guy. So all I have to do is give a six star six stars worth of players and and the, the trade will be done. No, that's just that's not how it works. I believe that Vlade and that front office are working the phones and have been tirelessly working the phones, not just over the last couple of weeks, but for the majority of this season going back to last summer because the Kings have had this cap space and this opportunity for months. And the fact that they haven't gotten a deal done tells me all that I need to know, that they are willing to wait for the right deal according to them and according to this organization and not making a deal just to make a deal. I'm okay with that. And you know, if it results in the Kings not getting a deal done at the trade deadline, I'll be disappointed. And I'll talk about it here on the Lockdown Kings podcast, what could have been. But is it a fireable offense? There's not nearly enough information to to make any sort of claim like that. Because then the Kings go to next summer, where granted, everybody has a lot of money. And the Kings have struggled to be free agency players in the past, even going back to their glory years in the early 2000s and late 90s. But that being said, fun young core, you got interesting pieces, you got likable players, good personalities, the league is taking notice. All it takes is one guy. All it takes is Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton to see the money and the opportunity in Sacramento along with a fantastic fan base, the gorgeous Golden One Center, to say, you know what, I want to be a part of that and get paid at the same time 
You're no longer just getting paid to go to a bad place in a boring cow town. You're getting paid to play for a competitive team that's on the rise in front of a rapid fan base inside a brand new downtown state-of-the-art arena. There's going to be a player out there that potentially could be interested in that, and the Kings have the money to allow it to do the talking. And then they can let De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Marvin Bagley do everything else. We never know. Things are up in the air. But ultimately, if I want you to take anything away from, from us talking about this today, and for the remainder of this trade deadline, just take away the fact that and it, it's up to you if you want to give Flade and give this front office your trust. And, you know, I don't fully blame anybody who who doesn't want to, who's not ready to do that yet. But if nothing else, just take away the fact and the idea that the Kings are willing to risk patience for the right move. And I believe it's going to pay off in the end. Let's talk about some actual basketball, shall we? The Sacramento Kings take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday inside the Golden 1 Center. Philadelphia, a damn good team. They're number three in the Eastern Conference at 34-18. and 18. They've won two in a row, including a win last night over the Golden State Warriors. The Kings have played the Warriors three times, have failed to beat them. However, all three of those games have been very close. That has nothing to do uh, with this game because the Atlanta Hawks beat the Los Angeles Clippers, and then the Kings absolutely embarrassed the Atlanta Hawks. That's the NBA. It's crazy. Matchups are interesting. And the Kings have had a lot of success, actually, against the 76ers in Sacramento in past years. But this is a damn good team. They are a serious contender to to win the Eastern Conference and make it to the NBA Finals. They have a lot of talent, and assuming they're all healthy and all playing in Sacramento, this is going to be a good, tough, fun test for this young Kings squad. The 76ers beat the Warriors 113-104 last night thanks to a 42-point third quarter. They also held the Warriors to just 18 points in the fourth quarter, which is crazy to think about because normally the Warriors use that fourth quarter to go absolutely ballistic, to go on runs and put games away or to complete comebacks. And the 76ers, after creating separation in quarter number three, managed to hold Golden State just 18 in the final 12 minutes. That's certainly a... uh, a very uh, commendable and respectable achievement. Now, Stephen Curry had 41 points. Kevin Durant had 25 points. So it's not like the uh, the Warriors didn't get theirs. And and Clay Thompson also did not play because of uh, of illness. He did not play. He was sick last night. So you have to add that little nugget in there as well. But the Philadelphia 76ers were very impressive. They got 26 points out of Joel Embiid, 26 points out of Ben Simmons to go along with six assists and eight rebounds. How about 20 rebounds for Joel Embiid in this game? And that's going to be an interesting thing to pay attention to. The Kings bigs had a lot of success against the Atlanta Hawks, mostly the Kings' young bigs, in Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles. And that's a good confidence booster for you. But now you're coming into a game against one of the best bigs, if not the best big in the NBA, in Joel Embiid. So how will he dominate Willie Cauley-Stein, or will he dominate Willie Cauley-Stein? Will Harry Giles and Marvin Bagley get appropriate playing time to go right at Embiid? That's something that we'll definitely have to pay attention to. J.J. Redick is a historic Kings killer because all he does is space the floor and shoot threes, and we know those guys tend to murder the Kings, going all the way back to good old Derek Fisher. Uh, J.J. Redick had 15 points on 10 three-point attempts uh, last night. Jimmy Butler only had seven points last night, but we know how good and dangerous 
Jimmy Butler can be, so we might be seeing a lot of Jimmy Butler guarding uh, Buddy Heald, which may make Buddy Heald's life a little bit difficult, depending upon if we get an engaged Jimmy Butler or a lazy and disengaged Jimmy Butler, and we've seen both over the course of this season, so we'll have to wait and see with that. But this is going to be a really tough test for this Kings team. Also, if you listen to the lowdown on Sports 1140 KHDK, that's the uh, KHDK Midday Show with Jason Ross and Damian Barling, uh, both you've heard on this podcast before, you would be aware of what the linear championship is. Now, if you don't listen to the lowdown, you need to, and you should, either listen via AM 1140 if you're in the Sacramento area, or uh, you can download the KHDK app on either iTunes or iPhone or Android or whatever, uh, and you can also um, find it online at khdk.com at any time. But they have this thing called the Linear Championship, and essentially what it is is the Linear Championship starts and, and changes with, with every game. So the Golden State Warriors were the Linear Champions to start this season because they won the championship last season. Now, the first time they lost, whichever team beat them then became the linear championship. And it's fun to follow this as it bounces around throughout the league throughout the season. Since its creation, the Kings have never held it, but have had multiple opportunities to get it. Well, they have another opportunity to get it here on Saturday night inside the Golden 1 Center because the Golden State Warriors somehow managed to get the linear championship back after losing it earlier this season. And now they just lost it to the Philadelphia 76ers. So yes, Philadelphia is the current linear champion and they will be playing the Kings inside the Golden 1 Center. And if the Kings win, we can throw a mini parade because the Kings will be linear champions. I know that will make the boys here on KHDK very happy. Some Kings fans and NBA fans in general who follow along with it. It's a fun thing to follow along, so if you want to be a part of that, uh, definitely do. Uh, It's fun, but I thought it was worthy of bringing up. So it should be a fun meeting. I'm expecting a very uh, excited and and, and packed-out Golden 1 Center, not just with Kings fans, but with plenty of Philadelphia 76ers fans as well as the process comes to town. If you're heading out there, let me know. I would love to uh, see you and to meet you. Uh, You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK at any time or just email me mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. A lot to respond to today, a lot of trade talk, and a lot of, at least my opinion, on how I believe the Kings are and should approach this trade deadline. If you want to respond to anything that I said, whether you agree, disagree, want to add your side to it, anything is fair game, please join the conversation and be a part of the show. I am out of time today. I know yesterday I said that I was going to share a little bit more information about the uh, the next fans-only podcast. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, so I will share that information with you on Monday next week, as long as my dumb old brain remembers. So I know many of you want to be a part of that. I apologize for not giving you information here today. I will share more with you about that tomorrow. Until then, I'm sorry, on Monday. Until then, if I see you tomorrow, fantastic. If not, uh, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. We will talk on Monday's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.